This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. But God intends. He intended that before uh, she became a mother. And so we saw all of those roles, the roles that Adam, that Adam should have played. He started out playing that. We saw that. And then we saw that he got a little slack for whatever reason. He got slack in what his role was. And so that's why it's important that we understand that each role is crucial and critical to everyone else's role in the house. Everyone's role is contingent upon, contingent upon everyone playing and doing their part in their role where they're supposed to be so that every other uh, role can function properly. And so that's in very, very, very important for, for us to, um, to grasp a hold of. And again, it's not, we're not talking about um, um, hearing truth. It's like our pastor's been saying, the truth that, that she's been teaching is for us. The word is always for you. We tend to look to other people about what we're hearing and then decide, you know, that, oh, that's for that person, that's for me, that's for, not for me, that's for them. But every word is for us. And even if you are doing what you're supposed to do, it never, it never, then you, you, won't, even, you won't even be offended by hearing the word. You won't even, you, if anything else, your spirit can bear witness. Yes, Lord, thank you for confirming that I am on the right track in doing what you asked me to do. So we always need to hear the word for, for ourselves, hear the word for, from our perspective for ourselves so that we can play the part. It says, you know, the scripture tells us that you need to be careful, right? Careful that because you could fall in the same temptation, the same things that some that you can accuse somebody else of, you can fall into those same things if you're not mindful of your own business. We got to be mindful of our own business, right? We always try to take care of everybody else's. We got to be mindful of our own businesses. So we talked about uh, about the woman. We we ended up talking about uh, the last piece of what we talked about last week was Christ being the head of the church and his bride, just like in Ephesians. We won't go to that scripture. Uh, but in Ephesians chapter 5, where it talks about the husband being the head of the wife and Christ being head of the husband and God being the father head of us all and uh, uh, God the father of us all. So we need to understand that... Uh, Christ, the head of the church and his bride, which is the church, they are structured, they are structured the way that he structured it, and they are structured and responsible in producing and cultivating offspring, other members of the church. And when we talk about structure, we know that Christ, the head of the church, the bride, of the church, the church being the bride of Christ, that He provides, just like in Ephesians, in, in, uh, Ephesians it talks about how the the husband is supposed to lay down his life. That didn't just happen that way. That is a structure that was structured for Christ and the church. Christ laid down His life for the church. He gave His life for the church, and then He provides for the church continuously. Provides everything that we need. Everything that we need to function in this local body in the house, if you can relate, let's, let's relate this back to, to the husband and the wife and the household. He provides for the household that we may be able to function the way we need to function so that we can produce church members, other members, other disciples after us. It's us working 
teaching, instructing, guiding, and his Holy Spirit. Us teaching and guiding as the mothers, us teaching as guiding as the brides, us teaching and guiding, but God's direction. It is him who enables it is he who enables. So in the household, it is the father who enables by teaching and guiding. And then the mother, right along with them, teaches and instructs so that they can build, that they can cultivate. They are structured, responsible. So they can be responsible for producing and cultivating offspring. Produce and cultivating offspring. And not just offspring from their bodies. That's just... The, the part, the first part of it, the initial part, offspring from their bodies. But they're, what they're really responsible for is cultivating, producing and cultivating other members of the bride of Christ, even in their own household. That's what they're, the ultimate responsibility is that they are cultivating and that they are producing other members of the bride of Christ, just like they are members of the bride of Christ. That's the ultimate. So we need to understand that our family, and this is why it's so important, this is why God has, has put, placed so, so much emphasis on the family and the structure, and that's why he laid it out the way that he did, because it is a representation, a natural, a natural and an a, uh, earthly representation of him and the church. And that's why he places such a great emphasis on that. And when we don't function, when we don't, when the families are not functioning the way that God has intended, and, I, and I'm not, you know, worldly, family period, he, he designed that way. But when the, but when believers, when the families of believers look like the families of the world, then the, the, the people cannot see, then the world cannot see what the church should be. And how the church should function. And that's, that's a dangerous thing. That we as believers, I say again, I'm not talking about unbelievers. I'm talking about us. I'm talking about here in the church. It is dangerous for us. It is a bad witness for us. It's a, a horrible witness when our lives, when our families and our lives do not align with the word and the structure of God. And, and, and it's, it's so sad. It's so sad. But, but it, it's, it's, you know, it's, some things have become what the world considers a norm when God never intended those things to be a norm, especially for the church. But because we are so surrounded, we're always surrounded by these things. And, and we don't, we take on, we tend to take on the thought processes, the appetite. We were talking about that on Wednesday, the thought processes, the appetites. We tend to take, and, the, and the, 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 the lack of discipline. We take, we take those things on of the world and then the church and the, what it should be is not functioning properly the way that God has intended for it to function. So that's why, that's why it's important that we grasp it and we, we live accordingly. Then uh, as we started, uh, well, I didn't want to start this. So here comes the, the new information. So we uh, wanted to talk about the family unit and understanding, again, that we're talking about the family unit. We're talking about, in particular, we're relating this to, well, not really, but we're flowing from the, the, the role of the, the, the daughter, the wife, the mother, we're flowing from that into what we call the family unit. So our families are to be successful. If they are to be successful, then we must do things God's way. Understand that. 
even in talking about the roles, and they talked about the roles of the males. We've, we've talked about all that and, and started aligning those things. So understanding that for our families to be successful, we must do things God's way. That's the only way that is going. Uh, success, again, we're talking about the success in the kingdom. We're not talking about the success of the world and how that looks. We're not talking about that because we know that that's temporal. But the, we're talking about the success of our families according to the word of God. And understand this, and we always say this, that when we teach the word, we are teaching. And so even, even this, what I'm talking about, and what I have been talking about, about men raising daughters, I told you, sometimes we don't have a husband, we don't have a, a father in the household, but they still have to be raised. They still have to be raised. They still have to become uh, from daughters to, to uh, women to wives and mothers. It's still, it's still the same process. And so today what we're talking about, again, understand that this is from, this is from a lack of, a lack of us doing things God's way. And despite whatever the situation, but despite whatever the situation, whatever you have found yourself in, whatever you have in your past, you know, the things that you've done, understand that what we're talking about now is because those things didn't come, but we are not, we are not without hope. We're never without hope. As long as you're living, you're never without hope. Now it's about getting new information applying this new information, and maybe it's not even new. You probably knew it before, and I'm probably, in most cases, you did. But it's about now changing the tree so that the fruit can be good. Now it's about cultivating the tree. It's about pulling up those weeds and pulling up those things and, and nurturing it and plucking things out that weren't supposed to be there, the things that was taking its nutrients. Now, what it's, now that's what it's about. It's about cultivating that tree so now that we can produce good fruit. That's what this is about. So understand that going forward. So this is not about condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are walking upright. Now you should be, you should be some, feeling some condemnation if you're still living this way. You should be. There's some condemnation. There's some, there's some, um, um, what's the other C word I'm looking for? Conviction. There we go. Some conviction. There should be some of that going on. If you're not but there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are what? In Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. That is the key. In Christ Jesus. So we got to find ourselves in him. Amen. And when we are in him, he is our covering. And that's why there is no condemnation because he is our covering. And he is the one who has cleaned us up. Amen. He is the bride. He's washed us. We are the bride of Christ. He has washed us with his word when we are in him. And therefore, there is now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. So, the complication. So, as I stated, I stated this before. Uh, I stated that life is more complicated. It's one of, the, one of the last statements that I made. Is life is more complicated when daughters and sons become parents before they become women and men, before they become wives and husbands. Life is more complicated. There's a reason why God set it up in that structure, in that order. And if we stick to his structure and his order, we would have less complications. Life is already complicated. 
meaning it's going to bring struggles, it's going to bring strife, it's going, it's going to bring trials, it's going to bring, but we complicate things much more when we do things outside of God's order. It's not impossible to get through those things. People have gotten through those things, but there are struggles that come along with it that could have been avoided had we done things God's way. Okay? So, here we're going to help those. We talk Again, we're still talking about the family unit. So, we're going to help those who may not have done. They got off track. They did not do things God's way. But God is giving us a life jacket. He's, he's throwing us a preserve in Him. Amen? So, some families are made up of what has been labeled uh, with stepchildren. Stepchildren, uh, stepchild, stepchildren. As a dictionary defines as a child of one's husband or wife, the dictionary is a stepfather, a step. The dictionary defines this a stepchild or stepchildren as a child or children of one's husband or wife by a previous marriage. That's what the dictionary defines it as. It's a step, stepchild or stepchildren. A child of one's husband or wife by a previous marriage. And then the world has this label of a blended family. A blended family or, or um, yeah, a blended family. So a blended family is a family de- defined. This is defined as a family in which one or both members of the couple have children from previous relationships. That's a blended family. One or both of the couples, uh, I mean, of the members of that couple, they have, both have, or one has, uh, children outside of that particular covenant, outside of that, from previous existing children who live with them. So that's traditional. It's traditional. A married couple who has children outside from previous relationships, and they're bringing these children into this, uh, this particular household. Some apply the term to... Uh, non-custodial relationships. Some apply it to non-custodial relationships where the step-parent refers to the partner of the parent with whom the child doesn't live. So some apply the term to non-custodial relationships. So even if, um, so if, if I was divorced and now I'm remarried and I have children in this marriage, so I would consider the father, this is the way the world thinks, I would consider the father as the stepfather. Those are his stepchildren. But then we might have on this side where my ex-husband, he may or may not be married, may or may not be married, but then those children are still considered her, if he's with someone, considered her stepchild. Of their stepchildren. So they apply it to non-custodial. So whether you're in the house or out of the house, the children, would de- depend, it doesn't even matter which side or, or where, they, where they're living, the, those terms, blended family, are also used in that regard. And then we have some cases, where, rare cases, these are rare cases, where a step-parent is used to describe the relationship with, with an adult child, an adult child who never lived in the house, right? So we have, uh, we have a, a divorced family, and uh, let's say the mother, she has children, she has grown children, and then she gets remarried. 
but those grown children never lived in the house, but they still consider that a blended family. Okay, so again, we're all talking about what the worldly terms are and what, and what the world considers and, and, and labels those types of families and those types of things. So the terms cannot be found. First, let's, list, let's, let's, let's remember this, that stepchild, stepchildren, stepfather, stepmother, blended family, you're never going to see that in the scriptures. It's nowhere in the scriptures. Nowhere. As a matter of fact, let's look at let's look at Samuel chapter 13. I want you to go to Samuel chapter 13. And this is a very familiar a very familiar passage of scripture. Second Samuel chapter 13 and let's look at let's just start reading with verse 1. And it came to pass after this that Absalom the son of David I want you to pay attention carefully to the way this is worded. It came to pa- and it came to pass after this that Absalom the son of David had a fair sister. So Absalom is the son of David, and he had a sister whose name was Tamar. And Amnon, the son of David, Amnon, the son of David, loved her. Okay? So here, this indicates that they have different mothers. Why? Because they could have just said that Absalom and Amnon, the sons of David, had a fair sister. Okay? So this is indicating, this is showing, there's a difference. A distinction is being made for clarity. A distinction is being made, but here we don't see anywhere where it says step. We don't see anywhere where it says it's a blended family. We don't see that anywhere. This is telling us that David had two sons, Amnon and Absalom, here in particular. And Amnon was so vexed that he fell sick for his sister. He fell vexed for, it didn't say stepsister. It just said sister. And then go down to verse 12, verse 11. And when she had brought them, she had, so she, he wanted her, remember, he wanted her to fix her something to eat, let her, you know, come and, and, and I can eat at her hand. So she's fixed this food. And when she had brought them unto him to eat, he took hold of her and said unto her, Come lie with me, what? My sister. And she answered him, Nay, my brother. So step was never mentioned here. Step was never mentioned here. But again, by the scripture in verse 1, we could see that they were not, they were what the world considers half. So we share half of a parent, or we share a parent, which makes that half, but the, uh, because we don't share the other parent, that makes us half. We're half brothers and sisters. But again, nowhere in here in the scripture does it ever indicate a half, a step, or anything of that nature. It does not indicate it. Let's think about, even let's think about Jesus. Let's think about Jesus' family. When he was born, 
when he was born, when he was brought into this world, he was brought into the world with a mother and not a natural father. Jesus was born with a mother, but not a natural father. But nowhere in scripture does they ever call Joseph his stepfather. It was his father. Although he was, it was, he was not his natural father, he was still in the household, and he was Joseph's son. And they operated like Jesus was Joseph's son. Now listen, don't ever think that he was a child. He was a child. Don't ever think that Jesus didn't have to be corrected about something in the household. That he had to be instructed about something in the household. Remember, he was a natural, he was a natural being. He was a, he was a human. So don't think that in his household that he walked as Jesus. He didn't. When he was living with his mother and his, he didn't walk as Jesus as we know with Jesus. He was Jesus the son. Jesus the baby. Jesus the toddler. Jesus the infant. Jesus the adolescent. He was all of those things without sin, but don't ever think that he was without instruction. They gave him some instruction. If it's no more than get up and make up your bed. If it's no more than be sure you brush your teeth before you go to bed. Whatever it was, he had some instruction. He had some leading. And Joseph and Mary, Joseph not being his natural father, was right there to do it. He was right there to do it. So we have to see that even if, if, Jesus, if Jesus has laid the way, his life has laid the way, has paved the way, Joseph had all the parental rights, all the parental rights, although he was not the biological father. He had all parental rights. So we don't see. In a lot of cases, the non-biological spouse has no parental rights. When you consider blended families, stepchildren and stepfather, they do not have the non-biological spouse has no parental rights in some cases in some of those households. It should not be when it comes to people of the house of God. That should never be a consideration. Why? If, if you are having problem, if you are having trouble with your, the non-biological uh, parent or person in your, your, your non-biological spouse having parental rights, then I have to question your judgment on you marrying them. So your, then your, ju- your judgment is now questionable. What is it about this parent, this, this, your spouse, that you don't want why is it that you don't want them to have parental rights? Why is it in the household where when it comes to, when it comes to my children, well, I will discipline them. I will discipline them. Now, you can provide a roof over my head. You can feed them. You can clothe them. You can do all of that. But when it comes to disciplining them, I will do that. They're good enough to provide food. They're good enough to provide shelter and clothing, but you don't want them disciplining your children. That's a problem. There's a problem with that. 
That's the problem. So we need to understand that God never intended, just like we see in, in, in the, the case of Jesus, just like we see here in the case of, 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 of Absalom and, and Amnon, God never intended for there to be a divide. If, there, if you are going to bring children together, you've you, uh, uh, been married before, you have children by other people, you're going to bring, you're going to, what the world considers blend, you're going to bring them together. It's all one thing. It's a family. It's a family unit. And that's just the bottom line. So then you go back. Now you, now you have to go back to what we've been teaching about and what we will continue to teach about on this purpose of the family. The purpose of the family doesn't change because you have non-biological children in your household. Your role doesn't change because you have non-biological children in your household. Those roles are still the same. It is important to witness the results of the profession of faith. The profession of faith, you need to witness the results of the profession of faith in the spouse that you're choosing, in the one that you're choosing to be your spouse. Particularly, particularly when you have children involved. Now that's one thing when it's just your own life. You still need to. But when you have children involved, it is more important, even more so, that you witness that you witness the results of the profession of their faith before you decide to tie yourself to them. That's very important. You never, ever, ever want to choose out of your flesh and based on your flesh because your flesh will your flesh will fail you every time. Your flesh will fail you every time. So you cannot make decisions and make choices out of, oh, he looks good. He's eye candy. Eye candy. Candy melts. It melts. It's no good. After a while, it gets sticky in that paper. When it gets old, then you start to see, oh, that wasn't candy at all. That's a mess. So we cannot choose. We cannot choose based on those natural things. You cannot choose based on that. You need to be. But we talk. We talk and that's, that's, this is how we end up not trusting them with our children. Because what we wanted, we didn't look for everything we needed to look for in this spouse that we were going to bring our children in, in contact with and have and have uh, in in the lives of our children. We didn't think about all of that. We only th- thought about a certain part, the part that affected us, the part that, that we wanted to see. But no, if you're going to raise children together, you're going to have to think about all of that. Because I need to be able to trust that the word in you is going, and, and the, 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 the spirit of God in you is going to lead you and guide you to lead our home. And then I can trust you with my children. That he's going, I want you. You need, you, you should desire someone to come to, that you bond with. You should desire that they treat your children as if they were their own biological. That's what you should desire. You should desire that. And that means everything that comes along with it. Everything that comes along with it. The instruction, the correction, all of it. Everything that comes along with it. You should desire that your spouse, future spouse, that they be tied and connected and understand what their roles are. 
We need to understand, you need to understand, so not only do you need to see the witness of the profession of their faith, but you also need to understand or or, or know that they understand their role as a husband or a wife. You need to understand, you need to know and be confident that they understand their role as a father, as a mother. Those things you have, you need to talk about. You need to understand. You, you, if they have their own children, you can observe that. You can observe that. But then you need to talk about, it is important that you talk about those things. How are we going to? What are we going to do? So when we get married, we, have, we both have children. How are we going to function? Bottom line is, we're going to function the same way. That God has stated that we function. You are the father of this household. I am the mother of this household. And that's what we're going to do. Everybody else, we're still responsible. Remember what we're talking about. We're still responsible for raising godly seeds. We're still responsible for, for producing and cultivating other members of the bride of Christ. That's our responsibility. That is our responsibility. Non-biological parent or not, that is our responsibility. Turn to 1 Timothy chapter 5. First Timothy chapter 5. Let's look at verse 8. 1 Timothy 5 and 8. It reads, But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. It didn't say anything here about them being biological or non-biological children. It says, He who does not provide for his own house, any member of his household, any member of his household, if he does not provide for his household, his own, especially his own, he is worse than an infidel. Providing for the members of the household, it includes those that are not from your body. Not if they are a part of your house, living in your house, under your roof, then they are a part of your household. From your body or not. If they are living in your house, under your roof, they are of your own house. The bottom line. Provision goes, and provision goes. It says provide, if you provide not, if you provide not, you're worse than an infidel. And provision goes beyond, again, providing shelter, food, and clothing. It includes nurturing. It includes nurturing. So then we go back to what we have been talking about, about the, the daughters being nurtured and, and nurtured in, as, as daughters, but then nurtured into women and then being taught by the mothers how to be wives, how to be mothers. All of that, all of that is included. So it includes the nurturing, it includes guidance, it includes instruction, it includes correction, it includes washing and fortifying in the word. All of that is part of provision. I need to be able to nurture Guide, instruct, correct, wash, and fortify in the Word. All of that is a part of provision. All of that is a part of provision. Instruction is a part of provision. When you instruct, when you instruct and you correct, you are providing something that those children need. They need it. 
when you are washing them and fortifying them in the word, that is what God intends. That is provision. That, that is what they need. You have to provide for the house. I don't care if, you know, you, get, you, 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 you find yourself in those situations and you have, you know, there are teenage, teenage girls involved and, you know, and, and all of that. They need to be washed in the Word. And, and you know, when you, have, when you have situations where you have children coming from uh, different relationships and now, because the children, they have their own, so you can't be caught up as a parent bringing in children. You can't be caught up because the children are already caught up with issues with that. So you can't be because the children are already caught up with issues regarding that situation. Now how you how dare you bring this man here? This is not my daddy. They're quick to say that. Now they'll be quick to take their money if they give it to them. They, they don't care about asking them for stuff. But then when it comes to discipline, that'll be there, the first thing out of their mouth. That's he not my you not my daddy. He not my daddy. That's not my mama. Quick to do that. And that's why the parents cannot be caught up. You have to have your head on straight. You have to understand what your role is. Now, there's going to be a way. We talked about nurturing. There's going to be a way. Because, again, we're talking about children who have these feelings and they don't necessarily know how to work through them. They don't know how to work through them. So it's going to be up to the parents to help them work through them. And you're going to have to do that nurturing biblically with the scriptures. You're going to have to do that. But then you're going to also have to take some time. You're going to have to take some time. You're going to have to take some time. That means what? That means that non-biological parent and the, and, the, and the biological parent, we're going to spend some time, especially if you have more than one child. We're going to spend some time with each one of them collectively. With just the two of us, two parents, and this child, we're going to spend some time with them. And then, and then the non-biological parent, they need to spend some time alone with each child. Why? Because we need to, we need to develop, we need to develop this bond. We need to develop this, we need to develop this, this relationship. We need to cultivate this relationship. And you gotta be frank. You gotta be, listen, nobody's trying to replace, and, and that needs to be the thing. Especially if the parent, if the parent is the other parent, the biological parent outside of the house, especially if they're still involved. Understand, I'm not trying to take, I cannot replace your father. I cannot replace your mother. But as long as we are in the house together, I am considered your father. I am considered. Because in my household, this is the way that things are going. This is my role and this is your role. These are my responsibilities and this is what I have to do. And these are your responsibilities. But again, but the both of the parents, both of the parents will have to relay that same message. That's important. That's important. That they both parents relay the same message. You cannot you cannot have a divided a divided house when it comes to that. You can't have the non biological parent saying it, but the parent, the biological parent, is not saying it. I would even say that the non biological parent needs to say it first. It needs to address it first. 
so that there's some clear understanding about how this is going to work. We're doing things God's way. We're making the tree good so that the fruit can be good. We're cultivating. We're going to pull some things up. Yes, I, I understand that it was not, it was not, it was nobody's desire for your father and I or your mother and I to get a divorce. But this, it, it happened. It is what it is. But this is where we are now. This is where we are now. And going forward, this is what we're going to do. See, there's nothing wrong with your children. As a matter of fact, it's good that your children know. It's good that your children know that you are human. They need to know that. You know, we try to be these super, these, these super parents. You know, we ain't never done nothing. You no, know, we're saved, we're sanctified, we ain't never done nothing wrong. When that's just not the case. And, th- and then your children will, will tend to, children will tend to come to you uh, uh, more when they are having troubles and having difficulties if they, if they, when they know that, when you have been open to and, and showing them, yes, I was this way, but this is what happened and these were the consequences of what happened. This is how I suffered from it. Then this is how God has changed me and this is how now life is better. They need to see that. Because then they will, tend, they will tend to come to you. I'm not saying they're going to come to you for everything. We know we're not crazy. We know they're not going to come to you for everything. But I'm saying that they will be more susceptible to come to you if they understand that, yes, I, I know that she's failed. She's, she's, she has, she's shared that with me. And she's also shared with me how she came out. And really when they come into you and they're in trouble, it's because they want you to help them out. Help me. That's, that's what they're saying. Help me. Even if they're not saying it, they're saying, help me. I don't know what I'm doing. Help me. So that's why it's very important that we not, that we not, uh, um, we not withhold. And I'm not, again, again, I'm not saying you tell them every, we, some, some things they don't need to know. Some things they don't need to know. But to an extent, you need to share with them so they can see how you were and how you're not. And how God helped you in those situations when you were. How he helped you out. So that they can understand. If, they, if, it got, if got that, and see, that's how you help cultivate this God in them. If God did it for them, he can do it for me. And they're going to want to see that. If God did it for them, I, I need to see that he can do it for me. And that, that is what, that's what we need to do. So, again, sitting down and telling them, so yes, this, this did not happen the way God intended it the first time. This is what we're doing now. And we're moving forward. We're making the tree good so that the, that the fruit can be good. This is how we're going to go forward. And understanding that these are the rules. This is the standard of God for a family. And this is what we're going to do. It has to be taught. It has to be shown and it has to be taught. Let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 3. Another familiar passage of scripture. Um, Verse 7. Moreover, he must be. So we're talking about the bishop. The bishop in the church. He must have a good report of them which are without. Lest, the, lest he fall into reproach and the same snare of the devil. Likewise, must the deacons be grave, 
not double-minded, not given to much wine, not greedy of filthy lucre, holding a mystery of the faith in pure consciousness. And let these also first be proved. Them, let them use, uh, then let them use the office of a deacon being found blameless. blameless. Um, verse 12, let the deacons be the husbands of one wife, ruling their children and their households well. Let them be the husbands of one wife, ruling their children and their households well. Ruling their children. Again, nothing here states anything about a stepchild. doesn't state anything about being a stepparent. It says, let them rule their children and their own houses well. And yes, these are criteria for deacons and bishops. But I dare say, if you are a godly man, you are professing the Lord as your Lord and Savior. This is for any believing household. It's for any believing household. You must have your children rule your houses well, having your children under subjection, regardless if they are your biological children or not. This standard applies to any man professing Christ as their Savior. Why? Because we are talking about aligning our lives, aligning our household the way God intended, after the structure of Christ and the church. That's the bottom line. Simple. Yes, I know it's simple, but we don't think of, always think about it that way. We don't always think about it that way. When we get married, we start to have children. We don't think about, we don't think about, I'm trying to align my life and structure my life according to Ephesians chapter 6. That's, that's not our first thought. As a matter of fact, most of us in here, we weren't even taught those things before we were married. Now, definitely, you've been in this local ministry, and you've gotten married in this local ministry. You don't have an excuse. But that still, you don't have an excuse, but that still wasn't your first thought. Although you don't have an excuse, that still was not your first thought when you got married. But it, mean, it needs to be a conscious thing. It needs to be conscious. We don't just, it's, not, it's not cute. It's not just cute to get married and have two and a half children. I got two and one on the way. It's not cute. It's work. It's not cute. It's a responsibility. It's not cute. There are roles involved. There's structure involved. And God is intending, he is intending for you to do just as Ephesians chapter 6 stated. He's intending for you to do what 1 Timothy 5 and 8 states. Providing for your own house. He, he, he intends for that to happen. Look at Titus. And I'm not going to have time for that. Titus chapter, th uh, chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. Speaking to the aged women, including the mothers. Understand that everything in that, in that particular thing is talking about wives teaching other women. But remember that the women are first in your household. 
The women are first in your household, regardless of their biological or non-biological. Women in your household are women in your household. Men in your household are men in your household. Daughters and, and sons. And they should be treated under the same rules, under the same regulations. You should be guiding them. You should be leading them, regardless of anything else. Amen? Amen. Stand to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net. Thank you.